You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Kilver. Susie Hunt. And we are wrapping up our month of little monsters with episode 168, Critters, from 1986. It's an hour and 26 minutes. Thank God it's not longer. Uh, it's, it's also a PG-13 flick, which we talk about a lot on this. You know, the fact that there are a, there are plenty of memorable horror films that are PG-13. Is this memorable, though? Would we call I, it memorable? I would say it's, co- in the collective conscious, people remember Critters. I don't think they remember this film, though. Okay. Um, directed by Stephen Herrick, uh, who did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, The Mighty Ducks, The Three Musketeers, Mr. Holland's Opus, and the live-action 101 Dalmatians. So what made so, him do this? Yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say, yeah. so clearly he has a pedigree for better films. <laughs> we all got to start somewhere. But who, man, let's uh, let's go around the table and see what we all think about this. Susie, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Critters? Garbage. Garbage day? The Garbage day? <laughs> oh, this movie is so bad. They look like satanic popples. They really do. We were talking a little bit before, like, the bounty hunters make no sense. What's with the warden looking like a cross between Jabba the Hutt and the Caterpillar from <laughs> Alice in Wonderland? Like, not even Dee Wallace can save this movie. You know that warden was someone's hentai, fan- or someone's hentai fantasy. Huh. <laughs> Rule 34. Billy Zane, his hair is... Disturbing? Oh my god. I don't like Billy's And she, home. like, she legit tries, forces herself on him, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen. I don't remember when the last time was I saw this movie, but I don't remember her being the predator. <laughs> not literally, like, <laughs> not literally, like, a predator. I, like, I heard the predator noise in my head. <laughs> but, and, like, did you notice how even long after he's dead, he's still twitching? <laughs> yeah. He really wanted to milk that screen time. Scott Grimes, he's an adorable rascal in this movie. Mm-hmm. The sister is a real fucking bitch. Oh, April sucks. And dad is just like, I don't even know. Oh, ooh, I'm going to let Maurice speak to this a little bit better, but ooh, that catchy song. <laughs> I got things to say about that. So yeah, I am, I am not a fan. This is even, I don't even think I liked it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I dislike it even more now that I'm a, a grown up. <laughs> All grown up. All grown up. Well, Maurice, we'll toss it over to you. What are your thoughts on this uh, gem? Well, it gave me the power of the night. <laughs> power of the <coughs> night! Um, the streets are up calling. Sorry. Power of the night. <coughs> power of the night. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> no, it it's isn't, you liar. It's a good movie. <laughs> You can't even say that with a straight face. Listen, you guys like ghoulies. <laughs> all right? This is, this, that is true. This is better than ghoulies. I can't follow you there. I Story-wise, it was a more complete story. <laughs> um, better writing, yes. Well, that's because it's not a 
a Charles Band production. Yeah, it's not a not an Empire Pictures joint. But um, it's not good. No. It's really not good. Um, I mean, I do think the critters look better than the ghoulies. Mm-hmm. The ghoulies just. It just looked fake. I mean, they get better in the sequel, but yeah, those yeah. those early puppets were bad. But for comparing the first critters to the first ghoulies, yeah, I have to give it to the critters, even though it's not much. It's very the very minuscule. <laughs> they they clearly had a couple hundred more bucks in their budget. Um, well, that was New Line Cinema, I believe. Yeah, but they remember New Line was also very small. Yeah, well, that was after. Nightmare on Elm Street, so they were kind of big. It started to get big then. But only right after, because Nightmare was 85. This was 86, so you figured this was probably filming. Like, yeah, that's, that's true. So maybe they didn't have the New Line bucks. Yeah. The Freddy bucks. They didn't have them Freddy bucks yet. Um, uh, yeah, the, mo- the well, the movie's not good. The music's not good. The acting is it's bad. <laughs> I mean... I mean, we do have a few good ones in there. We got, uh, was it Emmett Walsh, who plays Harv? He's always good. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm talking about, like, main characters. Yeah. The father is just ridiculous. <coughs> Charlie. Um, <laughs> Charlie. Come here, boy. <laughs> I'm going to lay one on you, boy. <laughs> don't you talk back to me, boy. Does he mean a spanking or a smooch? I don't know. I, was, I think he meant spanking, but I, I don't know. Um, yeah, like you guys said, the, the bounty hunters made no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just think of their sweet bondage gear. Oh yeah, it was, <laughs> it was all, like it was at the Continental. And, and uh, I don't even know how you say his name. Is it Ugg? Yeah, Ugg or something like that. Ugg. Ugg. Right, when he looked like he had a condom on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they they both do it first. Like yeah. they have that weird glow. Well, I don't even know the other guy's name. Yeah. Well, Ugg was the one that turns into Johnny Steele. Right. So the 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 guy that could never decide on a look. They, yeah. They never name him in the credits. Right. So he's just named as all the other people that he he's, turned into. I think they named him as Johnny Steele. But, yeah. Uh, is there anything good about this movie? Um, I mean, the critters themselves, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, the effects are pretty bad. <laughs> um, Even the jokes are lame. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just not a good movie. I gotta wash my hair. I can't I can't go get coffee and donuts with you. I, I gotta wash my hair tonight. Oh, I know. And this is how we knew that it was an early New Line Cinema, because Lynn Shea was in it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say, I I think Michael May is a fan of Critters Over Ghoulies too, right? Oh, no. No, Mike. I, I'm pretty... Oh, May, you're going to have to correct us uh, later, but I'm pretty sure he's more of a Ghoulies is guy. Is he Ghoulies? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah can't, this... I can't remember what he said. Um, I don't know. Comparing these two, the first movies, I would say Critters, but I have to go back and rewatch Critters, and I'm probably not going to do that for a while because I, they I all cost no, money. I have no plans <laughs> on rewatching they're, this. They're not free anywhere, so if they're <sighs> free not somewhere, even now I do own all of the Critters films. Don't don't uh, threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because I really wanted to rewatch part two and three because I barely remembered three. Uh, part two is the one I always think of. That's the one where they all form into the giant critter ball. Mm. And they're, like, rolling around the countryside. And stuff. Like, I remember like that. Like tumbleweeds. Basically. Um, but, yeah, so I got the DVD collection of that. And then the, what is it, like, Critters Attack, which was the one where D. Wallace comes back. And then there was Critters, the new binge, which was the uh, the short, uh, fit, like, short series that was on Shudder. Oh. Um, that is actually really funny. Uh, the new binge is actually what I, I would say is crit, like peak critters because it's it knows it's dumb 
and it leans into it hard, it reminds me of like an Adult Swim TV show. Like it, it has that level of humor. Mm. Um, it's got friggin' um, oh my god, why can't I think of his name? Gilbert Godfrey is in it. Oh, um, he's dead now. Yeah, but <laughs> he's like the crazy uncle living in the basement. Of course like, he is. Oh, it's kind of like real life. <laughs> it's 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 quite a funny show, but. Yeah, I am not a fan of this movie. I, I said this on uh, Ghoulies. Um, I said this in a couple different podcasts that I was dreading recording this one because, my God. Like, I know, that, hey, the fans, they voted for it. Um, Why do you hate us? I'm a <laughs> I mean, you know, when the, when we did Alien Flicks uh, la- last year, I think, or the year before, uh, this almost won. Like, this almost got on the list. Killer Clowns just beat it out. Mm. Um, but yeah, so people clearly have a fondness for this movie, and I am going to say that I do think that it is nothing more than nostalgia of, like, people remembered the Critters from the 80s. Like, I think a lot of people didn't even see the movie, they just knew of the Critters. Kind of like how, even if you didn't watch Friday the 13th, you knew of Jason Voorhees. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it just, it permeated pop culture in that kind of way, because... This ain't a good movie. Or do you think perhaps that our dear listeners just like us to suffer because that's some of our our best work is when we all (laughs) we all collectively hate a movie. This you might be onto something there. Let us know what you think. (laughs) But uh, we'll get into the cast here. We got a pretty big cast. Um, Helen Brown is played by Dee Wallace. Now I only put the movies we have covered of hers because she has a huge IMDb credit. Uh, but The Hills Have Eyes, The Howling, uh, Halloween 2007, The House of the Devil, and of course I had to add this even though we haven't covered it, but Murder, She Wrote, because mm. we need we to have that to. there. Uh, Jay Brown, played by Billy Green Bush, we just saw him in Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. Uh, he was also in The Outer Limits, MASH, The Incredible Hulk, and The A-Team. Brad Brown, played by Scott Grimes, who's in The Twilight Zone, uh, Critters 2, Star Trek The Next Generation, Dexter, Criminal Minds, and Law and & Order. Uh, April Brown, played by Nadine Van Vanderveld. That was hard for me to say. Even her name is pretentious. <laughs> she was in Starman, Munchies, and Alfred Hitchcock Presents. So she was in another rubber monster movie in the 80s. Um, then we have Harv, played by Emmett Walsh, who's in Blade Runner, The Twilight Zone, uh, The X-Files, Knives Out, and Tales from the Crypt, Collection Completed, which is a really fun episode. Uh, then we have Charlie McFadden, played by Don Keith Opper. He was in Critters 2 through 4. Quantum Leap, and Roseanne. Steve Elliott, played by Billy Zane. Uh, he's in Murder, She Wrote, <laughs> Twin Peaks, Tales from the Crypt, Well-Cooked Hams, uh, and Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. What about Titanic? I was going to say The Phantom and Titanic. Thank you. <laughs> yep, we have to put that on there. But I do find it funny that... So we... <laughs> Critters has weird connections to other films we've covered. Because we just watched the... You know, Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday, and... The dad from Critters was in that. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing Billy Zane in this, and we're going to be watching Demon Knight, and he's in that. So I thought like, you were going to say, and you're going to watch Titanic at work tonight. Hell no. They all die. <laughs> Except Rose, that <laughs> selfish bitch. <laughs> she floats away on a door. <laughs> but, <laughs> we have uh, Jeff Barnes, played by Ethan Phillips, who's in The Twilight Zone, Werewolf, Lean on Me, Critters 3, Toolbox Murders 2, and Better Call Saul. Then Johnny Steele slash Ugg was played by Terrence Mann. He was in all of the other Critters films. Solar Babies, and then he did voices for The Tick and Gargoyles. And of course, we have Sally, played by Lynn Shea, who will only be known as Lynn Shea throughout my notes. I don't call her Sally. 
Uh, she was in The Twilight Zone, The Hidden, A Nightmare on Elm Street, New Nightmare, Kingpin, Snakes on a Plane, and Insidious 1 through 4. So, pretty big cast, but uh, they didn't do anything good in this. So, <laughs> the basic plot is a group of small but vicious alien creatures called Krites escape from an alien prison transport vessel and land on a small farm town on Earth, pursued by two shape-shifting bounty hunters who must destroy them before they can feed. I kept thinking that when they were asking for the Krites, they were saying, Crips, we're here for the Crips. <laughs> I was like, are you bloods? <laughs> <laughs> Picture them, like, rolling around with their little bandanas on. So so we're not talking about Boba Fett and Jango Fett. No. <laughs> but I do have to comment right off the bat, before we even get into this, what did you guys think of the Bounty Hunters' dick guns? Oh, my God. <laughs> that would get a little boner before it would shoot. It was like... It's Red Rocket. I mean, I, every time it extended, I laughed. Every single time. I was like, why does it do that? What's the point? I'm sure it was done on purpose. Oh, I'm sure. Because they, 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 and they all shot from the hip, so they all had it, like, down by their mm-hmm. waist. But we open with a space prison on an asteroid? I don't know why. It was like a big rock just floating in space. Mm-hmm. Where a shipment of Krites is being brought in to be disposed of. Immediately, I have a question. Right <laughs> off the bat. They plan to kill the Krites. They talk about in the transmission how they killed two of the ten crates that they were transporting because they were running out of food. So, because the crates were eating everything, and they're like, they were going to start eating each other, so we killed two of them. And it's like, all right, so you can kill them. Why are you transporting them to an asteroid to then be disposed of? Because immediately they're brought in, they keep saying, bring them to the disposal unit. So it's like... Just shoot them like you already did. End of movie. Like, And I feel like there's more when they get to Earth. Like, did they, like, reproduce? Oh, probably. And root? Well, I mean, the, the, the cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I just don't understand why they didn't kill them. Because so. then the movie wouldn't have happened. Yeah, Darn. I would have been happy. <laughs> the end. But the Krites get, you know, they get off the ship. They end up causing an explosion on the little prison planet by, I don't know, eating something. They were biting on something, and something went boom. They probably chewed some wires. Pretty much. And they chewed the blue one instead of the red. They're intergalactic squirrels. (laughs) But they cause an explosion, steal a ship, and get the fuck off the prison asteroid. The warden calls in some glowy-headed, shape-shifting bounty hunters and sends them after the crates. I like it that you call them bounder hunters. Bounder hunters. (laughs) Bounder hunters. But the warden explains that they've stolen one of their fastest ships and have enough fuel to cross the galaxy ten times over. Basically, they can go anywhere. He then reminds the bounty hunters that they need to stop them before they can feed. Why? This is never brought up again. Yeah. Like, they mention... I'm sorry, no, they bring it up once. They're like, oh no, they fed. And you still kill them. (laughs) Like, what's... Why was that, like, this hanging plot thread that they kept picking at? They turn into gremlins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they turn into fat crates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's annoying. So the bounty hunters take off, and we get the opening credits in the title card that unfortunately did not have close-ups of critter teeth like Ghoulies had close-ups of Ghoulie mouths. <laughs> Strike two. <laughs> uh, we cut to Middle America Farm Country where we meet the Browns. Mom's cooking breakfast, Dad's working in the basement, Brad is locked in the bathroom running a thermometer under hot water to fake being sick, as his sister is bitching at him for hogging said bathroom. So it's like right away you're like, well, she sucks. Yep. You know, he, he's up to some kind of little shenanigans and Mom and Dad are oblivious. 
Mom's wearing jeans at the beginning, too. But mm-hmm. then she's wearing a dress later. Yeah, she has jeans and, like, her, that, like, apron-y top thing. Yeah. That, like, what is that, like a smock, I guess? Yeah, and Dad, like, wipes his hands all seductively on it. Like, <laughs> right down by ooh, her crotch. Yep. He gives her the old reach around. He's like, And I'm like, Dee Wallace does not have sex. <laughs> oh, Ever. Oh, yes, she does. Remember the howling? Dee <laughs> Wallace does not have sex. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> Oh, so they sit down to breakfast, and they have some random I like cheese dialogue about hog farming and April's new romantic interest, Steve. Brad pretends to fe- to be not feeling well, and I love it because... Mom's like, 106, really? Try again. <laughs> and April's like, he has a math and algebra test. And he's like, shut up! And then they're, they're playing footsie under the table, kicking at each other. <laughs> and Dad's like, what's this about test now, boy? Like, Dad's accent is just so, like, inbred. And he's always drinking some questionable liquid out of a mason jar. Moonshine. Which, it looked at like the tobacco end, spit. At the end, doesn't it look like that's what they make the Molotov cocktail out of? It does. Like, what is Dad drinking? <laughs> and why is he, why has he got it all out in the open in front of Charlie? Right. Yeah, the, the poor alcoholic guy. Here, look at this, boy. Mm. But the kids take off for school while mom and dad finish breakfast and discuss what happened to Charlie, who works for them. Like, where's Charlie? He was supposed to be here by now. He's Sm- sleeping it off in the, <laughs> yep. in the jail. Smash cut to the police station where Charlie's sleeping it off in the drunk tank. But we get to know Charlie pretty quick. He's a harmless drunk who's obsessed with aliens, telling everyone that they're coming to Earth. He's been getting transmissions through his fillings. <laughs> I did laugh at that. I'm like, that's that dumb. That was such but. an 80s thing, though. Mm-hmm. Like, people thinking, oh, transmission, and the fillings, and that's really when the tinfoil hats became big. Well, there was also anyone who had a metal plate in their head. Oh, I'm getting, oh, yes. I'm getting transmissions through my plate. That's why Chop Top was all <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, and, and Cousin Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> but back to the bounty hunters, they get a call from the warden who informs them that the crates are headed to Earth. He tells them that the ship has uh, has enough. Or, I'm sorry, his, their their ship has all the info they need about planet Earth, and reminds them to be less destructive this time. <laughs> and then Ugg like takes these two little glass panes <laughs> yeah. that are like glasses lens, and like puts them in front. And it's, he's watching a documentary about Earth that then cuts to the. Johnny Steele video? I almost called him Johnny Starlight. <laughs> well, no, because it does that. This is something we see in sci-fi movies all the time, where they're like, ah, oh, we must show you all of human history in a quick montage. So it's like, we get just sped up footage of like, you know, the pyramids being built and various wars and then cowboys and random shit. And it's like, look, commercials for Coca-Cola. And just look, it's, it's so weird. It's, that we all... didn't start the fire, but sped way up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, then we land on Power of the Night by Johnny Steele. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I put AKA Hair Metal Tim Curry. Oh um, my God, he really is. <laughs> and this is where Ugg's like, that one, I'm going to look like that guy. And he has this, this reverse melt sequence where his face turns into Johnny Steele. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, I will give it that. I always like a good, like the melt sequences. Mm-hmm. From, like Nightmare on Elm Street 2 at the end. Yeah. I love those types of things. So do you like the end when the house comes back to you? Oh, I fucking hate that. Oh, my God. Oh, I got shit to say. But, but no, this is the first of many times we will hear the song in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yep. Because um, we don't hear, after the first 20 minutes are over, we do not hear it again. 
But I have a counter of how many times we hear in the first 20 minutes. And it's like, it isn't like a brief second every time. It's like a full chorus. chunk of, yeah, a full chorus of the song. Because those are the only words to it. <laughs> Power of the night. There's five minutes of him just repeating himself. It's kind of like, uh, what was the song in the G.I. Joe? The G. song G. that was always playing. Playing on G.I. Joe. The cartoon. What was it called? The co- was it a snake something or? I have no idea. Oh yeah, it wasn't like every episode after like. Because I remember the like I remember there was the the episode where they made the band Cold Slither. Cold Slither. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that same song is like in every musical episode. Oh yeah, okay, okay, I know what you're talking. I was like, wait, every episode? Because for a minute there, I was thinking like you meant the theme song. That no, was playing there. Cold like, Slither, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was Cold Slither. Yep. In that song, after that episode, <laughs> every time there's a scene for music, it's that song. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Matter of fact, it was in Transformers a couple of times, that song. Oh my God. Well, it's kind of like the, was it, You've Got the Touch in the Transformers movie. Yeah. <laughs> Where they play that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But anyway, back to the Browns farm later that day. We see Charlie fiddling with a slingshot and talking to Brad about alien abductions. Meanwhile, Brad is lighting a firecracker cra- under a silver spray-painted Kenner Y-Wing. I was a little disappointed with that, because I always wanted that toy. But he blows it up and scares the crap out of Charlie, who accidentally breaks Brad's slingshot. And we get Chekhov's firecrackers here, because it becomes very important. Charlie goes on and on about how that's the best one they ever made. He's like, best in the state, homemade firecrackers. (laughs) Dad comes running at the sound of the explosion and scolds Brad for playing with firecrackers and Charlie for not doing his job. Just then, we see April coming home with her new boyfriend, Steve, in his fancy car. I love how Dad looks at it, and he's like, Looks like I can't haul much hay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Steve's like, what? <laughs> His little, it looks like a braided rat tail. <laughs> what is up with that? Because in the beginning, April and, uh, and Dee Wallace have the same. Have a French braid yeah. rat tail. And then Steve has it. <laughs> hey, when I had that rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> Now, did you guys notice when we open the doors to the car, we hear Power of the Night for the second time? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now the number one hit. <laughs> Power of the Night. But while Dad is talking to Steve and April, Charlie has fixed Brad's slingshot and is attempting to fire it. He misses the can he set up and hits April square in the butt. She flips out and immediately chases Brad, who takes the rap for Charlie. Brad gets punished and sent to his room. Dad says, no supper for you. That'll earn you. Oh, Jim. (laughs) Brad goes into his stereotypical 80s horror movie kid bedroom. Yep. With Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Oh, God. What were the posters? He had Bruce Springsteen. Sting. Sting, uh, The uh, police. police, yeah. The police, yeah. Um, He had a bunch of, like, like half... A bunch of Star Wars-esque spaceships. Yeah. That were, like, all different colors hanging in his room. Um... But yeah, so he get you know he gets he gets upset and immediately like flips on his stereo to you guessed it power of the night <laughs> that's number three. <laughs> so he hears his cat meowing outside the window. This is Chewy, and he lets him in. He watches Charlie finish up work for the day and take off. That night at dinner, April is playing a little pole position under the table with Steve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he looks, and he's like Mm-mm. he looks so nervous. I mean, I would be too. With Sitting right next to her dad. Pa's probably got a shotgun under the table, too. <laughs> right. I'm going to tan that hide, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I love it because he's like, oh, that was the best dinner I've ever had. <laughs> Mrs. Brown, thank you. <laughs> like, he's all nervous while April's jerking him off under the table. We're going to go for a ride. Don't any of you kids want dessert? No, Mom, we gotta go. <laughs> well, yeah, she goes, you promised you'd take me for a ride. He's like, I did? He looks he looks scared. <laughs> and the dad's like, I thought you'd come watch me at my bowling tournament tonight. And Steve's like, yeah, we can do that. And she's like, no, 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 come on. <laughs> we gotta go. She's so friggin' horny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, this, this irks me every time it happens in, like, an 80s sitcom or movie because it's just such a trope. We have the oblivious dad moment. Where April and Steve leave, and Jim turns to his wife and goes, Did you have the talk with her about the way things are? She's like, years ago. And he's like, years? That's <laughs> like, I don't know why that trope annoys me so bad, but it's it's to me it's on the same level as like the screaming, fainting woman in early horror movies, where it's like, nobody does that. <laughs> like, it just, it irks me. But... We cut to Brad in his room making more firecrackers. He overhears his sister giggling outside and watches as she and Steve drive around the side of the barn and then park. Because no one's going to see that if they look outside the window. <laughs> Playing power of the night. No, I'm kidding. This time it wasn't planned. But inside, uh, inside the car, Steve is protesting that he doesn't want to go into an old barn. She's she, like, don't worry. My parents don't come out here at night. Well, no, not yet. Because first she, he's, he's like, oh, I don't want to go. Well, I don't want to go in an old barn. And she takes his car keys and goes, you want your keys back, don't you? And it's like... And then she gets out and she's like, come on, Steve, come get me. She forces Like, she forces him into the old barn. It's like... It was like, that young man looks terrified. Consent is a thing, woman. Even in the 80s. (laughs) But Brad gets a big old grin on his face seeing what his sister's up to and loads his pockets with firecrackers. Clearly gonna go scare the shit out of him. Doesn't turn out the way he wanted, but you know. So dad comes in to talk to Brad and brings him a plate of food. He's like, you got your mother to thank for fixing you a plate. Your ma. Your ma. You can thank your ma for fixing you a plate. (laughs) And it's like corn on the cob, a dinner roll, and a... Questionable meat. Questionable meat and a a fabric napkin. (laughs) That he doesn't eat any of because once dad leaves, he goes, here you go, Chewy, and he gives the food to his cat. It's the questionable meat. <laughs> Soiling green is people. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, before Dad leaves, he confiscates the slingshot and then tells him, no movies for two weeks. And I was like, in the 80s, that was harsh as fuck. Yeah. That's all we had. That's like saying no Saturday morning cartoons for a month. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to explain this to Caleb the other day. We were talking about, because, you know, he's he currently is... Uh, Limited on how much YouTube he can watch because he's he's a little in trouble. Um, but we were talking about how it sucked back in the eighties because we're like, be thankful you can actually watch shit on demand. Because mm-hmm. back then it was like if you missed an episode, you didn't get to see it again until it was on reruns and everybody else knew about it except you. Do you know what reruns are? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, I don't miss those days. Um. But where was I? Yeah, okay, so back in the barn, April is molesting Steve, who is scared as hell. <laughs> and he goes, your dad didn't even like me eating his food. <laughs> and of course, my brain went, what'll he do if he catches me eating you? <laughs> but yeah. That's... Buzzy, what's for dinner tomorrow? <laughs> He'll be the questionable meat on the plate. <laughs> but... Maybe that's what happened to Jack. Wasn't that her last boyfriend's yeah. name? 
But yeah, this is where she's like, don't worry, my parents never come out here. <laughs> it's like, all right. How many boys have you bed down? <laughs> in that hay. How many boys have you forced to bed down Ooh, in that loft? Don't take a black light to that, that hay up there. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, that would be so uncomfortable, too. Screwing on hay, Jesus. Itchy. Yeah, all right. But <laughs> Brad goes to sneak out and scare his sister, and he climbs out onto the roof. Before he can pass his parents' room, his dad walks in, kind of trapping Brad on the roof unless he gets caught. So he's Isn't like, this where dad opens the, the windows that don't have fucking screens on yep, them? coming up, because Brad goes to, like, scooch by the window, and then dad comes in, he's like, whoop, and he hides around the side of the window. He could have climbed over the window. I know, right? Although, dad would probably hear the little footsteps. Like, yeah, like Dad couldn't hear him tiptoeing through, like right. on the roof as it was. Well, no, because he does hear him in a second. Oh, that's right, that's right. So, but a few things happen next. Like this is all in fast succession. So, in space, we see the Krite ship entering Earth's atmosphere. The ship flies over Charlie on his bike ride home. Charlie freaks out and rides in the other direction to go to the bowling alley, which is where <laughs> the bar is. No, first he goes to the cops. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so mom. We cut to Bob watching Power of the Night. That's the fourth time. It's a big hit. Big hit back then. Literally 24 minutes into the movie. I, I, I checked the time. Oh, shit. That's all we're at? Yeah, 24 minutes, and we have listened to Power of the Night four times. But we have less than an hour because of credits. That's yeah. true. Um, so Dad hears something on the roof, looks outside, but is quickly distracted by what he thinks is a meteorite landing in the field nearby. Brad obviously sees it, too, as they're both standing there. All, all Dad had to do was look to the left or to the right. No peripheral. Yeah, again, the horror movie, no peripheral vision. Um, the ship lands and shakes the earth all around them. <laughs> we see Mom and Dad looking nervous. Brad is out in a tree looking scared. Look, he's like, oh, I'm going to fall out the tree. I love this, too, because when Dad finds him, he's like, the earth, there was an earthquake and it shot me clean out my room. <laughs> Can you believe it? Why? What are you doing up there? <laughs> but Dad I, does kind of have mush mouth. He does. <laughs> but I love this because there's this really stupid fucking joke where we see April and, and Steve dry humping in the barn. And she goes, the earth moved. And he goes, already? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. So dumb. You're telling me you never used that one? No. <laughs> never the earth moved. <laughs> it must oh, have been an 80s We know thing. something more about Maurice now. <laughs> it was an 80s thing, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, the dad goes to investigate and finds Brad in the tree, and that's where he gives him the law. He threw me clean out my window. Then Immediately, the this tree was here for me to be caught on. <laughs> The two of them head off to the field, wondering what it could be that landed out there. Uh, the Krites are inside the ship and mention that the ship is damaged, but they need food, so they head off to find some eats. Mm -hmm. And then Brad and Dad find a cow that's been mutilated and hear something nearby, and they beat feet back to the house. <laughs> this is where Act 1 ends. What are you guys thinking at this point? It's, it's almost long. over. <laughs> <laughs> Maurice was looking at the time going, thank God. <laughs> We're almost done. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I genuinely think the whole thing about the Krites being smart is really fucking dumb. Like, I wish they were just, like, intergalactic locusts. Yeah. You know, just, like, coming in and just eating everything. Well, this is supposed to be a horror comedy. Right. But, but still. They swear, too. <laughs> this is the one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie. <laughs> and it's in subtitles. <laughs> Does it really even count, though? I know, right? <laughs> it counts. <laughs> it was said in Krite language. 
Crips. <laughs> yeah, they speak, Crips. they speak Crips. Uh, so Act Two, we cut to Officer Bar- Officer Jeff Barnes oh, driving down the back roads while hitting on Lynn Shay over the radio. GXP eleven nine or eight. Don't come out for coffee and donuts with me. <laughs> Only the men talk like that in this movie. Uh huh. They do. I can't. I gotta wash my hair. Does <laughs> she say that later? Oh no, uh, she says it now. She, she says it now, and then she's still at the police station later with curlers. <laughs> yeah. Did she go or did she wash her hair in the <laughs> she, bathroom? She sink? didn't break. Yeah. I, I I love that little detail. I mean, let's be honest. Back then, you know, we we go on break. We're on our cell phones now, but on break then, you just did your hair. <laughs> <laughs> that was the '80s break. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put my hair up in curlers. Eat and do my hair. <laughs> Oh, uh, my fixing God. my hair. <laughs> Coffee and donuts after work. Uh, she, I'll tell you what, I'll, I wouldn't turn that down from anyone. I know, right? Coffee and donuts, good times. Mm, donuts. <laughs> 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 so she turns him down, and then a crate rolls out in front of his car, and he swerves and ends up in a ditch. What the hell? I forgot yeah. what he said. Do you said. notice how it kind of looks like a sawhorse as it's going <laughs> off the road? Oh, it's terrible terrible oh my god but he gets out of the car and he takes his nightstick out and he's like come here pooch and i'm like you're gonna you think it's a dog so you're gonna beat it you're an asshole where does this take place does it ever say oh no i don't think it does it's gotta be on the oh it it does it's Um, gotta be in the virginias no it's in kansas no it's in kansas because when he goes off the road there's a sign like welcome to schitt's creek but this is wait. I'm gonna, have to, right. Yeah, we'll have to. Con- I'm going to consult well, I, the bones. Continue. I guess, I, I guess they could have the southern accent in Kansas. Yeah, I have no um, idea where it's supposed to but be. The way they talked, I thought they were like in the Virginias. Yeah, it's it, it definitely has that type of drawl to it. It's that there possum. <laughs> Come get some coffee and donuts. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe some possum. <laughs> some possum donuts. <laughs> oh god! So he's looking around for what he thinks is a dog. And then the crate shoots him in the leg with one of its quills, dropping him, before it pulls him under the car to eat him. Bye-bye, Jeff. So, back at the Browns' house... Oh, my God. What's that? So, I googled what town does Critters take place in, and more results. Was Critters based on a true story? (laughs) Yes. Niagara Falls, New York. Jesus. (laughs) Sewer rats are huge! (laughs) Oh, my God. Grover's Bend... Kansas. Ah, Kansas. And it's like the diamond, like the jewel of the of the Daisy State or something, whatever flower (laughs) Kansas is known for. Oh man! But yeah, they're in Kansas. All kinds of weird shit happens in Kansas. Wizard of Oz, (laughs) critters. But Superman, (laughs) right? (laughs) What is it with aliens in Kansas? But back at the Browns' house, a crate peeps in through the window at Mom, scaring the hell out of her. But it's... I love it. It's glowing red eyes are written off as probably just the cat. I'm like, your cat has demon eyes? Like, it's a little weird. But, so, Dad and Brad get back to the house and give Mom a good old jump scare, because, you know, horror movie. Maybe we shouldn't tell her. <laughs> we don't want to tell her what we saw now. <laughs> But we cut to the bounty hunter ship landing, and Johnny Steele tells his friend to transform, but he's like, nothing likes me. What's cracked me up? I'm like, I don't like you. Wait, are we watching the Critters or Transformers? <laughs> Transform and roll out. 
Oh, they, yeah, they should have got Peter Cullen to do his voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing likes me. <laughs> but he he soon finds something that likes him. A couple somethings. Yes. <laughs> but so he's just gonna walk around his glowy head for a while. So the two wander off in search of the crates and find the mutilated cow, letting them know that the crates have begun to feed. Dun dun dun. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> because it never really comes back. But back at the house, we get a POV shot of one of the crates looking around outside. Inside the house, Dad tries to call the cops, but of course it's dead. The phone line has to be dead because it's a horror movie. And he does the tap, 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 tap on the receiver mm-hmm. that they always do in horror movies. And then suddenly the power goes out. Oh, spooky. It's probably just the circuit breaker trip. <laughs> Let me go down in the basement, take a look, see. And it's like a fruit cellar because they go outside to go down into the basement. Did you notice the circuit breaker was covered in cobwebs? Yeah. I'm like, really? Like, seems like a bit of a fire hazard, but all right. Right, their power never goes out, so they don't have to use it. <laughs> I mean, our power doesn't go out often, but ours isn't covered in cobwebs. Well, you also don't have a fruit cellar. Yeah. This is true, this is true. Don't judge people. I'm going to judge the Browns. Come on now. (laughs) But Dad heads down to the basement to see if he can get the power back on and is attacked by a critter. Where did they... How did they get in? They they rolled... magic. They rolled in through the hole in the ground. They transformed and rolled out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They rolled for it. They're definitely Decepticons. Oh my god, this is getting better. <laughs> See, this is why it was voted. Yeah, yeah, because it it's becoming a better movie as we talk about it. <laughs> well, there's an idea for Raised by Reynolds. <laughs> oh, critters yeah. were actually Transformers. We already did a Critters episode, but we can come back to it. <laughs> but it latches onto his shoulder and just starts chewing on him, and we get that typical, like, <laughs> with the little monster movie of... This is clearly a stuffed animal just stuck to your shirt. And you're holding it in place. Yeah. While and you're it flailing around. Yes. But then one bites him on his leg. It was actually trying to get his dick meat. <laughs> it was after Jim Slim Jim? Yep, and then it was going <laughs> to go to Brown Town. Oh, no. <laughs> go to Brown's Brown Town. <laughs> but Giving him a colonoscopy. Dad beats him with a baseball bat. that It, it shoots poison quills at him. And, I love it because it hits him in the arm. He's like, bruh. <laughs> he just kind of falls over. And Mom and Brad <laughs> Mom and Brad come running down and grab him and drag him up. And I love it. As they're dragging him up to his feet, they go, what's down there? He goes, I don't know, but it's me in hell. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no. <laughs> he said, something for me in hell. <laughs> I'm like, my eyes are sweating, and it's not because of how bad this movie is, it's because of how much I'm laughing at the conversation as opposed to being like, why the... F-? Like, questioning my life choices yesterday as I watched it. Oh my god. It, it took me forever to get through this fucking movie. Oh. Mainly because I kept distracting myself with TikTok. And you also have to watch it three times. I know. This movie is not bussing. No. <laughs> no, it is not. It's rolling though. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh. Sookie, sookie, sookie! I'm thinking of Scarsgard Dick again. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jim Slim Jim. Nope. Whew. So back to the bounty hunters. They find Jeff's wrecked police car and investigate, finding Jeff dead. For a second, I think Jeff's wrecked him. <laughs> they found Jeff's wrecked him. In his police car. (laughs) 
when Glowy Head Glowy Head immediately takes the shape of dead Jeff. <laughs> and they get in the cop car. Now, I love how Jeff is trying to figure out how to drive while Lynn Shay is bitching about or bitching over the radio about UFOs. And then we <laughs> Ugh just like pulls the radio off of the dash. Doesn't does don't one of them like pull the gear shift off? Well, no, yeah, because it, it's uh, it's the guy who transformed into Jeff. He's like he's ripping shit out. He takes off the radio. He yeah, p- rips out part of the steering wheel, and then they start like the other one, Johnny Steele, is stroking the shotgun that's like locked in place. He's trying to get it hard so he can shoot. He's, it. he's literally running his hand down it, like caressing it. He thinks that it's going to get a red rocket. Well, it kind of does because as soon as the other dude throws it into gear. You know, they start driving backward, and he pulls the trigger and blows part of the roof off. That's true. Because <laughs> reasons. But that's not all. Wait until they get to the church. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They drive away backwards. It's like, all right. Back at the house, Dad is getting patched up by Mom. Meanwhile, April and Steve are messing around in the barn. The radio gets staticky, and Steve goes to fix it, and surprise critter attack! It bites his fucking fingers off, <laughs> and then bites his belly. And she's like, Steve! And he's like, bah, 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 bah. And then she gets like a trident. They had to keep up the ghoulies with the fake, the fake trident. Yeah. And the critter fucking bites the whole damn thing off. And then she's just swinging at it with a broken stick. See, that's why critters are better than ghoulies. <laughs> she's like, go on, get! And Steve is still, he's clearly dead. But he's still like convulsing. Like... <laughs> What's his face in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, um, LG. Yes. <laughs> oh, you mean part one? Part one. I was part thinking of part two after after they skin him. He's like, rawr, rawr. He's, just, he's still shaking around. But that's better. <laughs> She's like, oh, well, well, LG. No, you can't really compare that to the one in part one because he's he's actually having a seizure. I think. Like, yeah. Well, he gets he cracked is. in the dome. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, LG <laughs> twitching around like LG. <laughs> oh shit. But so yeah, she's she's screaming bloody murder. The family hears her, but they and, only hear her screwing. No, they only hear her screaming. And then Brad runs off to help. He love it because he sees chickens being devoured by the crates, and there's like just the one crate like stuck to the chicken coop, just shaking. <laughs> but you, you see him before after he hears a scream. He he's like April. I gotta go. Yep. He's like, what do I do? Where's my gun? Is ever his dad offers him the gun? He's like, I don't need it. Yeah, no. oh, that's later. That's, that's later, right? Yeah. yeah. But he, so he sees the, the, the chicken coop. And See, then I'm r- trying to rush to the end. <laughs> <laughs> and he find, he runs into the barn where he sees his sister trying to fend off a critter with a bit of wood. And I was cracking up because all I could think of was Shaun of the Dead. He chased me around the garden with a bit of wood. <laughs> but Don't sully that movie. <laughs> no, I was trying to make this movie better with that movie. But Brad lights a firecracker and throws it at the crate, who picks it up and eats it. And then we get the Looney Tunes moment. It's like in every Looney Tunes cartoon where they hide the stick of dynamite in the food and then somebody eats it whole. Mm-hmm. It explodes in their belly and they're like, oh, excuse me. And like the, the smoke comes out. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same thing in the crate. It's like, and falls over. It's so fucking dumb. So Brad and April run away as, as the crate falls over. I don't know if it's dead, if it's just passed out, just got heartburn. <laughs> I think it's dead. But, uh, <laughs> who knows? So cut to Charlie arriving at the police station trying to convince Lynn Shay that aliens have invaded just like he said they would. 
Of course, she doesn't believe him. He demands to speak with Harv, and she tells him that he's at the bowling alley, which he wasn't. She just fucking lied to him. Yep. She's like... <laughs> he's at home in bed with his chewing tobacco on the nightstand. <laughs> She's like, go to the bar, get, get, get drunk. But Charlie tells her to call the army, and he's going to go find Harv and takes off. And I love it because I'm like, I mean, realistically, all she had to do was write a letter in Cran, Dear army guys, there are monsters here. Please send help. I mean, it worked in Monster Squad. I know, right? <laughs> So we cut to the church. The priest is giving a sermon on Sodom and Gomorrah, which is something that certainly tickles all the church ladies. <gasps> Did you see the two in the front? They're like, ooh. They're like, <laughs> Their bubble gums got sore. <laughs> they were like, sodomy, you say? They got very excited. Suddenly the... Bu- oh, we got a Rufus interruption. Hi, buddy. <laughs> He's coming to see you and not me. Oh, I don't know. He's stepping over the cords here. <laughs> All right, back to the show. Where were we? The shit show. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly the bounty hunters crash into the church in the stolen cop car. (laughs) They march in and start telling everyone what for about how they're looking for the Krites. Jeff starts... looking for the Crips. (laughs) Jeff gets all shaky face and steals the priest's look and then looks around and the organ player, the lady who was playing the organ... She like flat... Flat. Flat. She flat out faints across the keyboard lengthwise. And it goes like, ba-bong. And then dude takes his dick rocket and shoots the organ. And someone, of course, pulls her away before the... Just in time. Yeah, just in time for it to explode. And so... (laughs) Oh, we got an interruption here. What are you doing, Rufus? He's like right in the middle. He's like, I heard there's a shit show going on. I want to see what's going on. He's going to, like, lay right on your book. No. Nope. Are you coming? Come on. Oh, I thought you... All right. So, back to the show. The... I forgot what was happening. The dick rocket blew up the organ. Ah, yes. Okay. So, the dick rocket blows up the organ. Um, oh, the pastor also says... What does he say? The community will pay for these damages? <laughs> well, he's yeah, he talks about the how the basically the cops are going to pay for it before he turns into the priest. Yes. And he's like, like, what the hell's going on? So a dude starts shooting up the church until Johnny Steele Johnny Steel stops him. They turn around and leave. What was the point of this entire scene? <laughs> like Because they happens. didn't have enough money to keep the makeup for dead Jimbo. <laughs> So they needed him to change it to someone else. Someone who's not dead. <laughs> it's just, oh, it was so dumb. So back at the Browns' house, they're getting ready to try and escape. Mom wants to stay put, but Dad thinks it's only a matter of time before the critters get in. So he loads up a shotgun and they all creep outside. As they go out, the door locks behind them. Gee, I wonder if that's going to come into play. <laughs> so fucking dumb. So they get to the truck and find it completely destroyed. The Krites have chewed it all up. April remembers she stole her boyfriend's car keys to make him do the sex. So they head to his car and find a big old fat Krite sitting inside. You gonna do sex to my dead body? <laughs> well, the Krites are. <laughs> well, I, I think they were going to. They took her away at the end. But they freak out and shoot at it. But he and his buddies roll into furry balls and chase them. So they go running back to the house. But they can't get past the white picket fence. They just keep rolling in and bouncing off. I literally have a note. God, this is stupid. (laughs) I literally have it written in here. So they get back to the house and find the doors are locked. Womp womp. 
Dad goes to shoot one, but another one drops off the roof and starts chewing on his bad shoulder so they don't have to do new makeup effects. <laughs> Can't you do my good shoulder? <laughs> so Mom smacks it off of him with the butt of the gun and starts screaming and swinging the gun wildly as Dad tries to give her more shells. Brad runs around the back of the house, climbs up the tree to get into his bedroom uh, through his window, narrowly avoiding the fat crite who tries to eat him. Brad opens the door and gets his family inside. Once inside, they close the door. It's so comedic, though, because he unlocks the door and opens it, and they all just fall back fall. in. And Mom's, like, trying to stand up. And Brad and... I almost said Brad and Janet. <laughs> Damn it, Janet! Brad and April are the ones that are, like, pulling Dad inside, because he's pretty much useless right, right. now. He's, he's all numbed up from critter poison. He's been chewed on several times. <laughs> chewed up and spit out. <laughs> But once they're all inside, we see the critters talking. And the one goes, they have weapons. The other one goes, so what? The door opens and mom shoots the crate, splattering them all over. And the other one just goes, fuck! And rolls away. Mm-hmm. That's that's comedy, apparently. Um, oh, it's so bad. So we cut to the bowling alley. <coughs> Charlie is there trying to convince... Or trying... Ugh. Charlie is there trying... God, I can't speak. Charlie's there trying to convince the bartender that an invasion is happening. Thank you. The bartender is so sick of him that he's, he pours him like three shots of whiskey, I think, in succession. And then he goes, I'm just going to leave this bottle here so you leave me alone. Yeah. He's literally trying to tell Charlie, just get drunk. Like, everyone is writing Charlie off. Just go get drunk. Not only that... But I don't get the impression that Charlie's going to have to pay for these drinks. I don't like, either. The payment is him leaving everybody alone. Because <laughs> Harv is going to come and haul him off to the drunk tank again. Yep. But just then the bounty hunters arrive and spook the locals. What is up with the fucking stupid bowling ball throwing scene? Like, Johnny Steele walks up to the, the ball return, picks up, like he palms a bowling ball, and then just like... Palm throws it down the lane and it explodes the pins. And everyone's like, oh. And then you get the one old guy, I wonder oh. what team he's on. You've never done that bowling? <laughs> no, I've never no, done No, people, that. actually, I when we were on a league, there was a team where two of the people had the holes drilled in their ball, but, like, they... Oh, I thought you meant they would launch it down the lane. <laughs> like, oh, no. No, I, I, was talking about, I was talking about launching it. The, the overhand ball. throw? Yeah. <laughs> I have seen someone do that and get kicked out of a bowling alley once. Yeah, I'm sure. This guy probably should have been kicked that, out. That was back when Beverly Lanes was still open. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, this was midnight bowling, and someone literally overhand threw it and got kicked out. You and know so, what? Well, I hope that learned him. I think it was me. <laughs> That'll learn him. <laughs> oh, man. But they make their way into the bar where some locals mock them and, and as they demand the crites. Then suddenly, Priest Bounty Hunter steals Charlie's look and blows up the TV with his ray gun, scaring all the locals away, because reasons. <laughs> and then they all go to the police station. <laughs> yeah. But I love it, because, they, again, they do nothing. They, they walk in and go, where are the crikes? <laughs> they're like, we don't know what you're talking about, but we don't like your funny style of dress. <laughs> like, they're ready to fight them. And then they shoot the TV and Intolerance, walk out. I right. tell ya. And then, of course, Charlie follows them sneakily. So we cut to Harv in bed. Charlie does look clean there, though, as the bounty hunter. He does. He's got a lot less, like, stains on him. His skin was stained. It's less sticky. <laughs> well, we cut to Harv in bed. Lin Shay calls and wakes him up, telling him about the shenanigans all around town. <laughs> what was up with the, What was 
Was he he probably had tobacco? chewing tobacco in <laughs> he his He fell mouth. asleep with a wad of chewing tobacco. Oh, oh it's so that's gross. That's so disgusting. When I was in college and, like, taking electives, mm-hmm. there was a guy who played baseball for the university, and he would chew during class, and he had an empty, like, soda bottle or water yeah, oh, bottle. Oh, I hate that. And he would, like, spit throughout class, and it was so fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. What a pig. Oof. Oh, I hate chewing. It's so gross. Like, it just the, the spitting of that. Nasty. But anyway. If he had a spittoon, that would still not be okay. Pating! <laughs> so she tells him how she can't read. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of this. I'm going to make this episode a little longer. So you know how they're closing down Splash Mountain, and they're <laughs> going to revamp it to be like The Princess and the Frog, mm-hmm. or whatever that movie is? Um, people are selling Splash Lagoon water on eBay for hundreds of dollars. That's just nasty. Ew. Burr Fox P. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I do have a vial of Crystal Lake water in my collection, so. That's different. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it also wasn't hundreds of dollars. <laughs> From what I understand, it was like 20 bucks. It was a gift I got, so. But I just, I thought that was disgusting. Like, Boba tea. No, it's no, that's rabbit poop. That's for a rabbit poop. <laughs> oh, no, don't tell me that. I like boba. <laughs> I'm gonna think of rabbit turds. All right, but back, back to our regularly scheduled program. Back to Harv in bed. Uh, but yeah, she tells him about how she can't reach Jeff at all, you know, and there's gunshots and all sorts of shenanigans. They happening. shot up the bar. <laughs> so Harv tells her to, to give him 10 minutes and he grabs his gun belt. So this is where Act 2 ends. What are you guys thinking now? It should be over very soon. <laughs> I think I think at this point I actually did pause it to see how much longer there was. Uh, and there was only like 20 minutes. Yeah, a little over 20 minutes at this point. But yeah, again, what is the actual fucking point of the bounty hunters? Like that, That's my note in here. I'm like, what are the point of them at this point? They're walking around the town just yelling at everyone about they want the crates and they're blowing shit up. Like... It serves zero purpose to the rest of the film. They were hoping that the song would become super popular, like, oh shit, what is the song from the one Friday the 13th movie? There is a man. Oh, um. <laughs> the Alice Cooper song? No, no. Well, the Alice Cooper song is from part six. You're talking about the one from part five. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Uh, there no, no is no man with no life in his eyes. Who is that by? I I know that song too, and I, I think I post after we did that movie. I think I posted the video on. Oh, that's gonna bug page. me because I literally just heard it uh, this past Friday the Thirteenth. One of the TikTok guys that I, the artists I follow did a drawing of Jason for well, or a drawing of Roy from Part Five, and he posted that song with it. Pseudo Echo. Yep. And was it No Life in His Eyes? That the it's note? just called His Eyes. Oh, His Eyes. His okay. Eyes. Dun, 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 dun. His <laughs> Eyes are dying. His eyes have never seen a knife like they've never seen another knife. Where are the crates? I almost spit out my coffee and the look on your face. You just like froze for a second. I did. I'm glitching tonight, guys, because I'm so tired. This movie, this movie literally, that's why I couldn't sleep well last night. This movie literally sucked the life out of me. You know, that's... I can feel myself rot. <laughs> That must be why I couldn't sleep this morning. I was thinking about this episode going, I don't want to record Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about critters. Oh, my God. So, Act 3 kicks off with Back at the Browns' house. Well, I got some breaking news. Uh Uh-oh. What's breaking news? I'm doing my birthday pick. 
Oh. Critters 2. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I thought you were going to do Blood Fart Lake. <laughs> oh, man. Back at the Browns house, Dad is getting sick from the poison and the quill. Mom is freaking out and the kids are scared. Didn't Mom already get shot with a quill? Not yet. Not yet? It's coming okay. up. Uh, suddenly the crates break in through the window and one shoots Mom in the neck with a quill, dropping her. <laughs> so they're like little, I must call them octopus. Porcupines. Porcupines. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck? Do I you... don't know where the fuck you got that from. It's like a Pokemon, an oct- octopus porcupine. Pokemon. An octopine. Oh <laughs> but... Dad and April go to get Bob upstairs while Brad goes to get the shotgun. And again, Dad is still pretty useless. <laughs> He's like, we gotta get her upstairs. He's got a bum leg and a bum shoulder. Here you go, boy. He's half hey. the man he used to be. <laughs> this well, is true. he got it in the neck with a quill. <laughs> well, actually, no, only the ladies seem to get it in the neck with a quill. Dad got it in the shoulder. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> And he got chewed the fuck up. More cost effective for the special effects. <laughs> but yeah, he sees, he sees, Brad goes to get the gun and um, he sees a crate and goes to shoot it. But we get a ridiculous pratfall where he trips on a fire poker and shoots the ceiling fan, which of course falls and clobbers the crate anyway, because haha comedy. So bad. Oh, that was supposed to be funny? I think so. Mm. <laughs> Brad runs upstairs and the Krites give chase. He grabs a lantern and throws it at one of them, lighting him on fire. Now, this is the only part I will say was genuinely funny to me. Because the look on the other Krites' face on the stairs, he's just like, Mah! and he just starts screaming as his friend is burning. <laughs> Which is like, I know it's fucked up because he's freaking out that his friend is on fire, but I couldn't stop laughing. There is no, there is a crate with no life in his eyes. <laughs> well, he's not a little life because he rolled into the bathroom and jumped in the toilet and put That's himself right. out. Another toilet critter. Yep. <sighs> Do you think Homage that's how the frog ghoulie got made? Well, no, it's, this is a, this is a direct reference to the frog ghoulie. That's right. That's yep. right. But cut to Harv investigating the church. While he's there, he gets a call from Lin Shay, who tells him that the Reverend and Charlie and a stranger shot up the bowling alley. Harv looks understandably confused as he's standing right next to the Reverend. So she te- or she goes on to tell him that there have been shots fired over at the Browns' place as well. And Harv tells her to keep trying to reach Jeff and he's going to go check out the bowling alley. No. <laughs> no. 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 No what? He's, he kept... He was telling her that he needs to keep on trying to raise. Oh, Jeff. to raise Jeff. That's right. Yes. You got to raise Jeff. Raise him from the dead. <laughs> Jeff wanted to be raised by her, but me up so I can stand on critters. <laughs> yeah, no, Jeff did want to be raised by Lynn Shea. He kept mm-hmm. trying. He was telling her he gets a raise out of her. Um, but, oh, I bet he had a peanut stick <laughs> that he'd like to give her. <laughs> he did from Decamillos. You want one of my donuts? Mm. But one of these nuts? <laughs> one of these nuts in your mouth. Oh, UCDs. UCDs, that's in your mouth. Oh, man. <laughs> but back at the Browns house, Dad and Mom aren't doing so good, and someone needs to go for help. Brad convinces everyone to let him go for help. This and is April's where, like, yeah, I ain't going. Right, she didn't even offer. This is where Dad's like, you want to take this boy? And he's like, no, nah, it'll just slow me down. You'll probably need it here. Go, okay, then. <laughs> I got my slingshot that's half-assed. <laughs> that's all he needs. Slingshot and firecrackers. 
The kid weapons. That could be a good breakfast cereal. Slingshots and firecrackers. Yeah. They'd be like little cinnamon balls. <laughs> little marshmallow firecracker explosions. Yeah. Hey, that's Ooh, not a bad idea. I'm, Are we playing footsies? Oh. I, I did kick you, I'm sorry. You're playing footsie under the table. Oh, but Maurice has his foot on a black pussy under there. Oh, sure there's a little stuffed animal. Well, since the black pussy cat over there won't come over and see me. Oh, no, he, he won't even look at you. I know, he, he turned his back. He's playing hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking that. He's like, what? Oh, man. <coughs> so Brad climbs out the window, hops off the roof, and goes for his bike. When he gets there, fat... Fat Crate is waiting. I love how he just pushes his bike over like a bully on the playground. He's like, what, bitch? <laughs> and Brad takes off running and the Crate chases him. He ends up hiding in the barn where he hears something happening in the chicken coop nearby. So he peeks out a hole in the wall and sees... Is it April? What's the yeah, exit? April and Steve. A- April and Steve are in the chicken coop messing around. But uh, he looks out the, the hole in the wall. The conveniently placed cartoonishly sized hole in the wall... And he sees the chicken coop where we see the crate, the shadow of the crate growing large. It's like, dun, dun, dun. Mm. So back in the house, mom finally comes to and dad and April are arming themselves with a hairspray flamethrower and a clothes rack baton. <laughs> they tell Bob that Brad has gone for help and she looks terrified. Um, now we get our requisite but pointless puppet montage of the critters destroying the house. It's literally like a three minute scene of just like, Fun, like, fun romp music while the crates are ripping apart pillows, eating Fuck this e. pillow. <laughs> Fuck this doll. Yeah. Fuck this couch. Well, what did E.T. ever do to them? Well, he's like, who are you? And he's poking the doll. He's like, Meh, and he just eats his head. It's like, oh, because D. Wallace was an E.T. We got her, too. <laughs> you know that's what they were doing. Yeah. <clears throat> I like the one that's just eating the goldfish. Like, he's just bobbing for fish. Com- just completely pointless scene. So Brad runs out to the highway and runs right in front of the bounty hunter's cop car. He gets in the car thinking it's the cops and tells them all about the critters. He then recognizes Charlie and Johnny Steele and is understandably confused. <laughs> they tell him that they want the crates or critters. I love this because Charlie makes the, the point. He's like, it's like, we want the crates. And he's like, crates? He goes, the uh, critters, as you called them. And it's like, oh, okay. So in case you weren't able to put it together. Well, yeah. this movie's pretty dumb, so. Yeah. But uh, he agrees to help them if they help him, and they take off toward the Browns' house. Back at the house, the crates are assaulting the bedroom where the rest of the family is holed up. I like the the big crate. We never really get a good look at the big crate because you know it was just like a guy in a shag carpet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just had... he was an American like the rest of them. Oh, I saw that in the trivia too. I was like, I think that's shenanigans. I think that's IMDb bullshit. I don't know. We'll have to get the Blu-ray version and see. I just feel like, why would they spend the money on Merkins when it's clearly just, like, bad fabric from Joanne Fabrics? Oh, man. But, yeah, so he, the the giant crate grabs April and is, like, shaking her back and forth. We just see his arm through the the dresser. Like, he was hiding behind the dresser. Um, And then Dad gets the homemade flamethrower and burns its arm. Mom shoots one of the crates through the door and misses another one. They head out into the hall and the critters start to surround them. But suddenly the front of the house is blown open and the bounty hunters waltz in. And poor Brad's like, um... <laughs> you just blew up part of my house. You f- <clears throat> ain't seen nothing yet. I don't think their homeowners would cover that alien invasion. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't be on there. But the family rushes outside. Uh, but before Brad, uh, before Brad leaves, he hears his cat meowing from upstairs. Because of course... 
and he runs off to find him. Harv pulls up outside as the family realizes Brad isn't with them. Back inside, the bounty hunters blow up the toilet crate and the toilet. <laughs> I love it. Johnny Shitter's full. slowly opens the, the lid with his toe. And then it's just like, pow. Um, Harv comes in and sees what he thinks is Charlie and asks if he's drunk. Bounty hunter Charlie picks Harv up off the ground and says, I hope not you'll take over our operation. Now, I get it. He's supposed to be an alien, but he's been talking normal throughout the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, so why? why? <laughs> Charlie's a drunk? Uh, it just he, doesn't make he sense. He forgot he was an alien. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> one of us. One of us. That is the best explanation that the actor was like, oh, fuck, I was supposed to be talking like an alien. We don't got the money to reshoot. And then when he finally realizes, no. <laughs> and like, we got ten minutes left of the movie and he remembered. <laughs> Holy crap. Son of a but biscuit. He then picks Harv up by the neck and throws him out the window. He's no young spring chicken either. And I love it because Harv was like, I swallowed my chewing tobacco. <laughs> That'll burn you. <laughs> uh, back in the house, Brad goes looking for his cat and finds him in the bedroom. Chewie spazzes out. Brad turns around to see the mega critter. He screams for help, and Johnny Steele shoots a hole in the wall, forcing the crate to jump out the window. Outside, they hear gunshots and screaming. Brad and the bounty hunters come out to find that the big crate has grabbed April and took off. So realistically, the, the bounty hunters kill one critter. Just yeah. one. The entire they, they they are piss poor bounty hunters. They don't do the, shit. They're, they're, they were told they're to actually not, stormtroopers, right? They, they were told to not be as destructive, so maybe they weren't being as destructive. That's all they no. were was destructive. No, they just you, did we did not damage. see their. We think, didn't see their last job. I think they just picked the two dumbest ones and sent them out right. on a suicide mission. They just did a shitload of property damage and killed one crate. They're the Laurel and Hardy of bounty hunters. <laughs> Fucking mom killed more crates than the bounty hunters. And she got shot in the neck. Right. Oh, my God. But Brad grabs his bike and takes off after April. The bounty hunters uh, take Harv's cop car with Harv and the Browns inside. I love that because one gets in on one side and then the Charlie one gets in on the other side. And shoves Harv in the middle. <laughs> You're sitting, bitch. <laughs> Pretty much. Look, this is the first time that I've had my hands on my hips this whole recording. And I love it because Mrs. Brown is just like, she just looks terrified in the back of the cop car. She's got her fingers up to her mouth like, oh no. Like, oh my stars. Oh my. (laughs) So they head off after the crates as well. Uh, Cut to Brad in the woods chasing after the crates when suddenly Charlie crashes into him on his bike. And then the two of them get up and continue after the crates and find their ship in the field. Brad sneaks aboard the ship trying to save April. He pulls the quill out of her neck and wakes, and she wakes up. Brad t- uh, tries to light a uh, light the big firecracker that he was building in his room, which was like a, a paper towel roll. Like mm-hmm. it was this giant firecracker. He tries to light that, but of course his lighter won't light, and the mega crate catches him and chases after him. The other crates see what's happening and they start the ship up. Brad and April escape out of the doors just before, like just before they close. He drops his firecracker inside, unlit. So he's freaking out, like, they're going to get away. And then Charlie's like, I got an idea. I got a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> Pulls a fucking bottle of booze out of his pocket. It's Dad's special drink. It really is. And he makes a Molotov, and he hucks it into the into the hole, the hole of the, the door of the ship before it closes. Now, oh, God. They made 
Charlie made a big deal about him being a really good baseball player. Yep, I was gonna say that was that was the payoff, like yeah. right here. I forgot. So to that's like that the one thing from earlier in the movie <laughs> yeah. that actually comes back, other than the slingshot and the bombs or yep. the firecrackers. Well, because he was like, I had a chance at the major leagues. Remember before it was before I was drinking. Mm. <laughs> so the crates lift off. They fly over the house. I love this. They fly over the house and stop and just blow it up as a final fuck you to the family. Mm. They're just and they laugh too. They're like, meh. Yep. But then we see inside that the fire from the Molotov is finally catching up with the firecracker. And what is look, okay. This is in the back of the ship. That we already see that like where the crates are, there was just like some piping and shit. Like they couldn't see back there that much. But once the, the firecracker lights. They all turn around and it's like, uh-oh. And then the ship blows up. Yep. So, it's like, bye-bye, Kreitz. Brad thanks the bounty hunters for helping, which they didn't help. Johnny Steele gives him a little communicator and says, call me. For what? You didn't do anything except for shoot up shit. And then Charlie's like, can, can I have one of those too? He's like, you got any one of them, another one of them fancy gizmos you gave Charlie? But I love it because... They start walking away, and Charlie is following him, going, I- I- I'm a good mechanic. <laughs> I'm real good with my hands. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> you need someone on your ship for them long, cold nights. <laughs> I wrote, it ain't gay if it's with your clone. <laughs> Charlie's like, we can get it on. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, fuck me. Literally, <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, side note. I know I'm derailing for a second right at the end here. We have a guy that works in the emergency room right now who sounds exactly like Buffalo Bill. To the point where, like, it's it's frighteningly accurate. The first time I ever heard him, I'm like, holy shit, is someone fucking with me? (laughs) And I mentioned it to one of my coworkers, and they're like, no, 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 he just got hired. He really does sound like Buffalo Bill. So every time he calls, he's like, can I get the supervisor? All I hear is, was she a big fat lady? <laughs> and, like, I hear it every single time. Yes, and goodbye horses. <laughs> I told my one buddy, one of these days, I'm going to say, was she a big fat lady? I know it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be like, what? <laughs> oh. Lord it, Lord it. But that was a good derailment, though. <laughs> That morning, Harv drives the Browns over to their destroyed house. The family stare at their still smoking wreckage of a house, and somehow the cat survived being exploded. He's just in the yard like, meow. Because of the red eyes. Right. Suddenly, the bounty hunter communicator starts beeping. Brad pushes the flashing button, and like magic, the entire house is sucked back together. Brand new, because spooky alien technology. And the poor cat is like, Row! and it gets sucked back in. Yep. And ends up in the mailbox for reasons. Oh, Chewy. <laughs> that darn cat. It's almost like you hear like, the sitcom music, like, da 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 We see the bounty hunters fly overhead and back off into space. Harv drives off and everyone is happy. Then we quick zoom in on the chicken coop where we see bumpy alien eggs shaking amidst amidst the chicken eggs. Cue the maniacal laughter. Credits. The end. Thank God. Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, I hope that you, fine listeners, liked this much better version. Of the movie. Of the movie than the actual movie. D. Wallace, I still love you. 
I will go on record as saying this. I will not be opposed to covering a sequel, not part three, because my God is part three awful. That's Leonardo DiCaprio's movie. Um, but part four and part two are actually really funny. We're doing part three for my birthday. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, I mean, if you have a birthday this year, <laughs> right? I still have one from last year. That's true. He does. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I mean, overall, like I don't hate the sequels. It's it's much like we talked about on Ghoulies. Ghoulies 2 and 3, forget about part 4, forget that ever happened. But part 2 and 3 are actually, like, funny. They're dumb, but they're funny. Critters 2 and 4, same thing. They're dumb, but they're funny. Uh, Part 3 suffers from the same thing that this movie suffers from, where it's just a boring film. It's like, oh, look, there's a cool scene with a critter, and everything else sucks. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's not that this movie is poorly made it's not that it has bad actors even the effects aren't terrible it's just a bad movie it's just boring it really is so yeah i'm glad we're done with it now we don't have to look back at critters again um and now that i've already covered it on raised by rentals i don't need to watch critters again anytime soon (laughs) oh dumpster fire theater oh no well at least with that one i have to take very minimal notes that's true because we could just bitch But uh, not a lot of trivia. We have uh, Corey Burton, who voices the Critters, also came up with their language, which he describes in interviews as combining elements of French and Japanese. To me, it sounded like... (laughs) From the Muppets. Sesame Street. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, it didn't sound anything like French and Japanese. It sounded like gibberish. But although promoted as New Line's answer to Gremlins, the screenplay had been written and bought before Gremlins was announced. Uh, Herrick had based the screenplay on a nightmare he experienced as a child long before Gremlins was ever conceived. Yeah, I don't believe that. Um, Terrence Mann performs the song Power of the Night as Johnny Steele, especially for this movie. So he was actually singing it. (laughs) I believe it. Yep. Uh, we already mentioned the critters in the toilet being a homage to ghoulies. And then, yeah, the, I have right here, IMDb questionable trivia. The prop department used Merkins from a local nice and naughty shop for the critters. I don't believe they did. I really don't. Because, again, like, why would you spend the extra money on something like that when you could just go buy, a, like, a ream of fake fur at the fabric store? Doesn't make sense to me. But, or roadkill. Uh, I mean, realistically, they're out in Kansas. Oh, man. But, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, in in Brad's bedroom, you can also see... I didn't see these, but apparently it's in the trivia. You can see a poster for the movie Mutant, which is also known as The Forbidden World, which is a Roger Corman horror film. So, I didn't notice that. I remember seeing that. Yeah, apparently when they pan across the room, you see it. But See, that's how much this movie held my attention. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I read the trivia before watching it, and I'm like, I still didn't fucking see it, and I'm not rewinding it. <laughs> like, I was like, fuck you, it's critters. not worth it. Fuck you, critters. Fuck you, crips. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're going to wrap this one up here, because, uh, man, fuck this movie. Oh, we're below the runtime. Yeah, we actually, this one was a nice quickie. But, uh, <laughs> Poor <laughs> Steve. <laughs> no, remember, he made the earth move. That's right. But uh, our social media for anyone that's not following us, we are The Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Maurice handles our Twitter. And what is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's The. Thank you very much. 
We also have a Patreon, which is uh, $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as an exclusive episode every month. Uh, we also have artwork and uh, special birthday picks and stuff for the higher tiers. The uh, January artwork will be going out very shortly. Um, we are part of the Rad Pantheon Network, so if you guys like this podcast, check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials for other podcasts similar to this with uh, you know more hijinks and shenanigans like Tom Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Go check that one out. Um, and uh, I know they're, they're I don't think they're fully on the Rad Pantheon, but uh, Throwback Reviews, which um, Sean from the Horrified Chicken does a podcast called Throwback Reviews. They just started a year of 80s movies, oh. and it's it's a good listen. I listened to the first episode, and they're going, episode by episode is going to be each year. So they did 1980, and they each just talk about a bunch of movies that they liked from 1980. So the next episode will be 1981. So it's, it's really cool so far. Throwback. Um, throwback Reviews. It's definitely... Sean, I'm adding it to my... Add it to your podcast. I'm adding it to my podcast. Oh, before we finish, I want to sh- give a special shout out to Red Pantheon member Ryan Jarose, also mm-hmm. known as Rex Felix, mm-hmm. on the birth of his baby boy, Ulysses. Ah, yes. Congratulations. Congrats. Uh, for anyone who likes to watch our next episode before we cover it, uh, next episode will be 169, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. So that'll be kicking off our month of uh, black-directed horror movies. And, um, what is his name? It's, oh, I forget the director's name. Ernest something? Ernest, Ernest P. Warhol? <laughs> Not Ernest Borgnine, no. <laughs> or Ernest P. Warhol. Um, ah, oh, I forget his name now. But, anyway, Demon Knight's one of those movies I've been wanting on this show forever. And also, we will have another special, because we have a Patreon pick coming up for, uh, it'll be February 3rd, His House. So if you guys want to watch Whose that. Whose house? His house. His house. <laughs> what, 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 what? I said, my end. I'm doing the thing for dogma. But, all right, guys. So, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Bye. Even the ending was quick. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned.